As edtech and e-learning technologies have gone from a novelty to commonplace in education systems around the world, their use has been plagued by a common question. Do they work as effectively as traditional instruction? While the question is far too broad to be useful to anyone, a group of researchers recently took a mostly unexplored approach and sliced off a sliver of the question at least. They wanted to see how learners with different working memory capabilities learned in an online context. What's more, they identified numerous functions of online modules. These are things like uh, time spent learning, the amount of times a learner repeats material, and how they do on quizzes, to see if it correlated with working memory. While the research has intrinsic merits, the authors also believe their findings can be used to help design e-learning features to be more effective and more personalized for all learners. If educators can identify a learner's working memory capabilities simply through how they fare with online learning, then maybe they can adapt future online learning content and in-person instruction to better suit each student. Hi, my name is Henry Kronk for eLearning Inside. This is Ed Technically, our weekly podcast. This week, we're going to look into this recently published research and discuss what implications it has for the future of personalized learning. So the study uh, titled Predicting Visio-Spatial and Verbal Working Memory by Individual Differences in E-Learning Activities was authored by a team of researchers from Umea University and Linnaeus University in Sweden, and from the Swedish e-learning developer Hippocampus. It was published in Frontiers in Education on March 17th. The concept and theory of working memory has been taken up by numerous researchers over the years. For the study in question, the Swedish team followed the model proposed by Badley and Hitch in 1974. The model posits that working memory is comprised primarily of verbal and visuospatial dimensions. Two tests have been established to test these. A digit test presents subjects with a series of numbers in a row. Subjects are then asked to recall those numbers in order after they've seen them. This tests uh, verbal working memory, or memory of signs, essentially. The second, the block test, shows subjects a grid of squares. An image then flashes in one of these squares in a sequence. Subjects are then asked to repeat that sequence from memory. This tests visuospatial working memory. Uh, while both verbal and visuospatial working memory have been shown to predict one's learning ability, Verbal has been shown to have an especially strong correlation with the act of learning itself. While both verbal and visuospatial working memory have shown to predict one's learning ability, verbal has established an especially strong correlation with the act of learning. Working memory has also been linked with cognitive load theory, which is also sometimes discussed with education technology. 
As such, the researchers uh, from Sweden predicted that verbal working memory would correlate strongly with habits in an online learning module. Um, previous research, again, has shown verbal working memory to correlate with in-person and traditional classroom techniques. So they believe that it would also map onto online learning behavior. To test this hypothesis, the researchers gained access to a group of 98 students at Umea University who are using the Hippocampus online learning platform. Hippocampus delivers educational content via text, audio, and video. It also includes testing features that allow students to check their knowledge before moving on to the next unit. Going off of how students used Hippocampus, the researchers identified 18 components of the learning process. Uh, I'm not going to list all of these, but they divided these into four general areas. Um, quiz accuracy, or how students performed on the quizzes throughout the modules. Uh, study activity, or how much time students took while studying, and uh, various behaviors were within. Uh, within session activity, or how much time students spent per session, how much they reviewed, how often they took quizzes, etc. And repetitive behavior, the number of times a student repeated a task, what, whatever it might be. The researchers then measured both working memory and student activity on Hippocampus for a 100-day period. At the end of the study, they compared their results. As the researchers hypothesized, verbal working memory tended to predict certain behaviors of online learning. Their findings with visuospatial working memory, however, were not statistically significant. But regarding verbal working memory, the researchers found that six different online learning activities could account for 16.7% of variation with working memory. Learners with higher verbal working memory took more quizzes and had a higher accuracy on multiple choice quiz sections. What's more, learners with a better verbal working memory took less time to read sections, they conducted fewer reading sessions in total, and they also repeated sections fewer times. As the authors write, quote, this suggests that those completing more unique reading sessions and those spending more time on reading the materials tend to have lower verbal working memory performance. The results also indicate that those who on average repeat more previously learned material during a reading session tend to perform worse in the verbal working memory test, end quote. The research presented indicates there are links between a student's verbal working memory and their online learning habits, just like in-person classroom learning. While this line of research remains in its infancy, it holds vast possibilities for future technology. In the future, instructors might very well be able to determine a learner's working memory and tailor instructional content accordingly. Testing and recording a learner's working memory with current means would be tedious and time-consuming. But if there is a strong enough link established between working memory and learning habits, it's possible that the former can be ascertained from the latter. As the authors conclude, quote, being able to identify relevant user activity features that predicts working memory and its subcomponents without the necessity to test every single student is an important first step towards personalized e-learning platforms according to students' cognitive profiles." End quote.
This has been Ed Technically. My name is Henry Kronk. I'm the editor at eLearning Inside. If you like this episode, I encourage you to rate and review it. If you'd like to hear more, please subscribe. Also, keep in mind that this show is available as a video on our YouTube channel and as a podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Play. The basic content for this video first appeared as an article on eLearning Inside. If you want to learn more about online courses, technology in the classroom, and the edtech sector, please check out our site. If you'd like to get in touch with me, feel free to send an email to henry at elearninginside.com. You can also follow us on various social media platforms like Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook. Our handle is at eLearningInside. Thanks for listening.